0: Father, this morning we confess that You are the light. Lord, we are not the light. You are the light. And out of Your grace and out of Your love, You have chosen us, Lord. You have chosen to create us. You have chosen uh, to draw us to You. You have chosen to place Your light in us. Thank You for that, Lord. I pray for the faith of every person here to open themselves and to trust You and to simply allow Your light and Your power to work through them. That Your light uh, and Your glory might be shared, Lord, with those of us here, with those of us around us, and just, Lord, to the ends of the earth that You have created. We just confess that that is Your your plan, your will, your desire, Lord, and you have chosen us as vessels of yours. What an honor, Lord. Have your way in us, we say. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning um, in Men's Sunday School, we were talking about darkness. We were talking about how it just really seems that the darkness is increasing. It's just getting thicker and and more prevalent. And I just want to say to you this morning that if you try to live out of your own light, if you try to live out of your own wisdom and your own knowledge, the darkness will scare you to death. And it will crush you. And I just want to say that that's not a bad thing. And here's the reason it's not a bad thing. God wants to use the darkness to drive you to Him. Because I've lived on both sides of the fence. I've been one who's tried to live under my own light. I've tried to take the Word of God and simply apply the knowledge of it and fight the darkness. And I've found it's too much for me. It will overcome me. But in those moments of overcoming, I've thrown myself at the feet of Jesus and I've said, God, even Your Word is not enough for me. I need Your presence. I need You to overtake me and to actually live through me. And it is only then, when God is living through me, then I don't fear the darkness. Why do I not fear the darkness? Because I'm greater than the darkness? No. The darkness will crush me. But when he who is in me is greater, who is greater than the world, I don't have to fear the darkness. So I just want to say that to you this morning because here's the deal. A large percentage of the evangelical church today is trying to live out of their own light. And they are scared to death of the darkness. And I just want to say to you that you do not have to be there. Allow the power of the darkness to drive you to the feet of Jesus, whose power is so much greater. What does that look like? Well, first of all, I want to say some things about God's Word. God's Word is true. We absolutely need God's Word. When we look at God's Word, here's what we find. We find God drawing up boundaries for us. Just like any loving parent will do for a child. By the way, if you love your kid, you will give them boundaries. If you are not giving them boundaries, you hate your kid. Even though you think you love them. You will give them boundaries. And so that's part of what He does in His Word. He gives us boundaries. But then, what we also see in His Word is He gives us example after example of people who walked with Him. They heard His voice. They followed Him. And each one has a unique story. And they're all meant for us to draw from. But here's the deal. The reason for all of that is so that we could then walk with God in our own story. Now, our own story is to always stay within the boundaries that God gives us. If you hear someone or something telling you to do something outside of these boundaries that claims to be God, it is not God. Plain and simple. Not God. However... The reason that we are given examples of people walking with God and hearing His voice is because that's what we're intended to do. And we have a whole large part of the church telling us that that is not what we are to do. They are saying that we are just to look at the Word and that God doesn't lead our lives. He doesn't speak to us. And in order to have that view, you have to go against the Word. And what you are doing at that standpoint is you are living under your own light. And here's the crazy thing, the church, the, much of the evangelical church will sit and look at the world and they will accuse them and say that, oh, we've entered this age of enlightenment and all of you, you know, for all these thousands of years, I mean, people just understood that there was a God and there was a creator. Just, you just, they understood that. We've now reached this point where we have people saying, no, there's no God, there's no creator. And you have this part of the church that's looking at them saying, you people say you've become enlightened, but you've become idiots because you can't see the opposite. But here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is that those same people are sitting here saying that, oh, I have God's word now. I don't need God to lead me because I have his word. That's nuts. Not only is it nuts, it goes directly against the word. And and I get fired up about this, I know, because I've been, I've spent my, my, so much of my life in the evangelical church. I've spent so much of my life in, in numerous colleges that taught me this junk. And it just, it makes me mad. Okay? It, It just, it gets me fired up. But here's the thing. I see so many of us because we hear these people um, who sound so intelligent and so on and can tell you Greek words that that we just go along with it. And I just want to say to you that you will fall on your face. You will not survive darkness because what you are trying to do is you are trying to live under your own light. And God has so much more for you. God cares about the path of your life. He cares about what job you have. He cares about who you marry. He cares about uh, just all the little decisions in your life. He wants to be a part of that. And He wants to give direction to that. You don't have to carry that burden. Because the thing is is that when you carry that burden, it's too much for you. But what, what, what happens is this. What happens is, we don't trust God. Because we think that we have to understand everything. I want to say to you this morning, we're getting ready to go into the Corinthians 14, uh, and we're going to talk about some things. I want to say to you this morning, you don't have to understand everything. If you have to understand everything, um, you are going to be extremely limited in how God can use you. I mean like... Really limited because your knowledge of people and and the world and the spiritual realm and all that, even with God's word, it is like this. It is so incredibly small. But again, some of us we get scared. It's like I've got to understand everything. You do not have to understand everything. You simply have to trust God. That's the deal. You 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 must come to a place where you trust God. And one of the things that God gave me growing up that that he really demonstrated this with was my grandfather. I grew up um, working alongside my grandfather on a farm. And the thing about grandfather was, is that I trusted him. I mean, I trusted him implicitly. That guy had so much knowledge. When I was working with him, he was in his 60s and his 70s. He had so much knowledge. And as we would work in the fields and so on, um, and this came to me later on in life, I I began to understand that I really didn't understand much of what I did for Him. He would tell me, Pete, go do this. And I would say, yes, sir. I didn't ask, well, why? Well, why am I doing that? And you know why I didn't ask that? Because I trusted Him. I just flat out, trusted Him. Why did I trust Him? Because I walked with Him and I had experience. So here's the thing. Just like my grandfather, except he was an imperfect man, the Heavenly Father, who is perfect, Holy Spirit, who is God, who is perfect, is saying to you, do you trust Me? And if so, I want you to do the things that I say to do even if you don't understand it. Now again, we need God's Word because if we hear a voice telling us to do something that goes against this Word, it's not Holy Spirit. It's not God. And we need people that love God around us um, to help us discern those things. But the thing is, is that we need to be open to God so that He can come in and use us. If you're simply... Reading God's word and then only doing what you think you should, whew, man. It, it just there's just no comparison to opening yourself up and allowing God's spirit to work in you. And so that's what we've been talking about um, for weeks now. And, and I just I want to reemphasize that. I, I want to bring together what this is all about because this morning we're gonna be specifically talking about. Uh, The gift of prophecy, its just one of God's gifts, but it is so huge and so important because it's a gift where God speaks directly into our life. Now, again, it never goes against God's word, but it speaks directly into our life. And, you know, the things that, we, that are going on in our life, God wants to speak directly into God's Word again. It's great, okay? It's great hearing about this great God and what He did with other people. But as you're going through life, and as you're facing hard times, and as the darkness is coming in, and all of a sudden you're having trouble seeing, there is nothing like the voice of God speaking directly to your questions and the things that are on your heart. Not only does it answer your questions, it moves your heart in a way that says, wow, God loves me. He's looking at me right now. He's he heard my question and he's speaking into that. And I mean, it grabs your heart like nothing else. And I mean, I appreciate when a brother or a sister speaks into my life. I do, okay? But it's a totally different thing when I'm hearing from God's heart. And He's sharing His opinions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just grabs you. This is the Creator of the world. This is the One who's Lord over all. And the way He just spoke to me, I know it could only be Him because He just answered some things in my heart that I haven't told anybody else. And I mean, it, it just it grabs you. I mean, it grabs you. Alright, 1 Corinthians 14. Um, so in 1 Corinthians 14, just before this is 1 Corinthians 13, and Paul has been talking about love. I mean, and when you look at Jesus and his life and his message, that was his message. It was all about love, okay? And so when we allow God to work through us, he's going to love people. And he was really addressing here how um, our flesh can use God's gifts and so on for ourselves and not for love. But then as he's talking about love, he goes into 14. And he, he really talks about how we can share that love with other people. Now, this is not the only way, obviously, but this is a strong, strong way for us to show God's love to other people that follow him. Um, because again, each of us desire to hear God's voice. We don't, I mean, again, it's great to read about him, but uh, he designed us for so much more. I mean, he, he designed us to walk with Him and to hear His voice. I mean, He is our Father. He wants to encourage us. He wants to say, that a boy, uh, that a girl. <laughs> he wants to say those things. He wants us to hear those things. And, and I mean, it, obviously the enemy doesn't want that. He wants us to get discouraged. And again, you have this whole side of the church that has bought in this junk. And, and they're really just being a puppet of the enemy. And the crazy thing is, they're avoiding it because they're so scared of being a puppet of the enemy. But in the process, they become one. Because they won't actually follow God's Word. Instead, they do what sounds best to them. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. So if love is your highest goal, the things that you are going to hear here flow out of love. Okay? Let love be your highest goal. But... You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. If love is my highest goal, I'm going to desire the greater gifts. Why? Because I want God to use me. That's how God works. God can do what He wants. He can send an angel and so on, and He works in all kinds of ways, but He wants to work through us. He's God. That's how He chooses. If you want to love, don't say no to Him. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, and this talks about it again. That gift is meant for the person uh, who's speaking. It's meant to bless them. It's meant to bless God. Uh, We talked about how it's really good because it sets you up for being led by the Spirit so that you can do other things. But one of the main other things that we're talking about is prophecy. Okay? And what prophecy is is simply this. It's simply me hearing something from God. And when I say hearing, uh, I'm talking about something spiritual. So... Uh, most of the time, it's not an audible voice, just something spiritual. You have a spirit, you're able to communicate in the spirit. God's spirit communicates to your spirit. So there's something that just gets dropped in there. And, and there's this drive to get it out because that's who God is. So when we talk about prophecy, that's what we're talking about. And if you follow God, um, he wants to do this through you. It's just simply a matter of opening up. Um, it 's not a matter of you having great understanding it 's not a matter of you earning some badges you know in the church uh, it 's just a matter of you being open I mean you think about King Saul for instance there there was a, a time when King Saul because he was chosen of God all of a sudden uh, God just started prophesying through him because he decided he was going to paul wasn 't or saul wasn 't pursuing it it 's just God did it. And so, I want to say that to say that this is for everybody. Okay? If you're open, God wants to speak through you. It's just a matter of whether you uh, love God and love others enough to be available to Him. All right, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Still talking about tongues. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and... Comforts them. I want to stop right there because I really I want to hone in on this for a minute because again, when you depending on what your background is, whatever, um, when you hear the word prophecy, sometimes you think of some you know wild-haired person getting up, you know, casting judgment and so on. Listen to what it just said. Here's the purpose of prophecy. The purpose is strengthen, encourage, comfort. Strengthen, encourage, comfort. Anybody in here need strengthened, encouraged, comforted? We all do. Why would we say no to this? The only reason we would say no to this is because the enemy doesn't want us doing this and we've agreed with him. That's what it comes down to if we want to strengthen and encourage others and comfort them, I'm going to be open to this. And I'm going to say, God, have Your way in me and just speak to other people around me. And when I do that, it's going to come back to me. God's going to speak through others to me. And He's going to to speak to the places that I need to hear. And it's again, when you know it's from the Lord, it's just so powerful. And the thing is, is that, you know, many of us, we're just, we're really good because life is such a struggle. It is. Okay? I mean, day in and day out, it's just a struggle. And it's such a struggle that we learn to put on this facade because if we were real with everybody about how we constantly felt, I mean, it would just be, it just be overwhelming. So, we get good at just, you know, saying to people, oh, we're doing good. We're doing good, you know, even though there's inside, there's just this turmoil. And it's just eating us up. And when we open ourselves up to prophecy, here's what happens. Suddenly, God, who hears your thoughts, knows what's going on inside of you, is able to use somebody else to come in and to speak to you and to simply say, I know what's going on, um, and to just. Place blessing in there. But we've got to be open to that for that to happen. Verse 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So once again, talking about the gifts of tongues, that's for the person who's speaking. But when we talk about prophecy, it's for other people. Now, prophecy can be done... Uh, you know such as me standing up here and speaking to a group but a lot of what we see is just individually god will move through you to go up to someone and and just to speak something into them or they'll come to you and they'll start speaking and drop god will just place something in you and we've got to be open to speak those things even when we don't understand it okay because again if we wait till we can understand it uh it It will never happen. And there will be so much um, that doesn't happen because of that. Um, I want to skip down here. In verse 22. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers, Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. So, And I I just want to touch on what was going on in the Corinthian church. What was going on is people weren't just you know, speaking in unknown languages, they were getting up in front and just making that the center of attention. And so they're trying to speak loudly, trying to really bring attention. And so what Paul's saying is this, when someone who doesn't understand these things, they don't know God, they walk in and all of a sudden they hear this, they're like, what is going on? This is crazy. Okay. Um, Not saying it's, you know, obviously tongues is a blessing, but he's just saying they're not going to understand. So then in verse 24, he says this, but if all of you are prophesying, and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. Okay, now here's the beauty of this. It just said they don't understand. They don't understand. All they know is they're suddenly convicted. Convicted. And by the way, conviction's a good thing. Conviction's not condemnation. Condemnation is, oh, this is who I am. I can't overcome this. Conviction is, this is who I am outside of God. And God wants to set me free. He wants me to die to myself and come to Him. So, conviction is a really good thing. Um, So it goes on, it says... As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed, and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Now, I want to read that first part again. Their secret thoughts will be exposed. Here's the beauty of prophecy. The beauty of prophecy is, God can use someone to speak to me and answer secret thoughts that I'm having That I haven't spoken to anybody else. There is nothing so powerful. This has absolutely altered my life. Okay? Um, I've shared this many times, but just this is one that's just so powerful. I want to share it again. You know, when I first came here, um, I believed in the power of the Spirit and so on, but there were just a lot of things that I was blocking off, scared of, because of things that I had been taught in different Bible colleges and, and so on. Um, and so I wasn't fully open to God's Spirit. Now because of that, I was when I was facing a lot of opposition, there was a time when we were facing a lot of opposition here, uh, I began to decide that, you know what, based on all the opposition I'm facing here, I think that I'm probably not called to preach. I think I I must really suck at this. Because if I didn't, there wouldn't be so many problems going on. So here's what I decided. I decided I'm pulling out. And I didn't decide I'm going to another church or something like that because I decided I suck. (laughs) I'm not called to this. I need to find something that I'm called to. So I decided... I'm going into full-time law enforcement. I mean, many of you have heard this. I mean, I I started looking. I found a place to test. I had it all set up. Now, here's the thing. I had not even told my wife this, okay? Because this is a deep struggle. I mean, I had devoted so much of my life preparing for this, and then here I am, and the opposition is so intense, I'm like, man... I've just thrown away 10 plus years of my life preparing for something that I wasn't even called to. The Word of God cannot help me at that point. Because my question is, am I called? My question is not, are people called? My question is, am I called? Only God can answer that at that point. And quite frankly, I love some of you, but if you were to come to me and tell me your opinions... It's not good enough because you don't have the authority to decide whether I'm called or whether I'm not. Only God does. I needed to hear from God. So what does God do? He sends someone who works for Amron into my church who saw me one time before in my entire life, did not live in this community, lived in West Frankfort, worshipped in West Frankfort, basically do nothing about me, walks in here middle of the week and starts telling me that there's someone that God wants to speak to, and starts telling me the secret thoughts I'm having, and basically says, God doesn't want you to leave, God has called you here, and so on. That's the gist of it. And I'm sitting there and I'm just looking like this is crazy. This woman doesn't know me. She couldn't have gotten this information uh, from... I hadn't told anyone. She didn't know anything. Do you see what I'm saying? And so in that moment, what do I do? I have no choice. I have no other conclusion to come to, but this is God. And only He has the authority to say, you are where I put you, you continue on. I don't care what other people are saying and doing. I had to have that. I had to have that. Do you see what I'm saying? What if that hadn't happened? What if I had come to the conclusion, simply based on the circumstances around me, that I wasn't called to it and I jumped ship and I went somewhere else and threw away all of that? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, look at the, the way my life and anybody connected to me would have been altered. It is huge. It's huge. The gift of prophecy is huge. I mean, life altering. But now here's the deal though. People get scared of it because they, they feel like it's out of control. And again, that's why God gave us His Word. Because here's the thing. Sometimes people will come up and say, Oh, God told me to tell you this. And it's way out there. I, some of you know this, I come out of Mormonism. Okay? Mormonism is all about prophets who say that their word is greater than the written word. Gets them into serious problems. Serious trouble. Their founder. Oh, he had a prophecy. God wants me to marry a lot of young women. Yeah, really. And the whole church said... Okay, that's the prophet. We need to go with it. Well, that gets you into serious trouble, does it not? So, because of that, and we see that right now, okay? You need to be careful with this. When you're hearing prophetic stuff on the TV and so on, you need to be careful because right now there's all kinds of things being said that go outside of the Word of God and it is dangerous. But because of that, what do we do? Do we say, well, let's forget prophecy altogether? No. Because if you do, then here's what you're like. You're like the Pharisees who Jesus said, you think that you can find everything in the Word. okay?" And they didn't actually look to God. And because of that, they were dying. Because they weren't abiding in Jesus. God wants to give us these things. Um, Up above here... There were some more verses that I wanted to share with you. Um, In verse 6, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Now he lists revelation, he lists special knowledge, prophecy, teaching, four things. Now again, what the evangelical church has done is taken out three of those and just kept one teaching. We need all of them. Okay? We need revelation. What's revelation? Revelation is revealing something that we hadn't seen before. We need that. I need that as I read the Word because here's the beauty I've discovered is that when I look to God to speak to me as I read the Word, he reveals things I haven't seen before. When I just look to my own knowledge, it, I get nowhere. I'm just like, oh, I know what this means. Oh, I know what this thing's, And the word becomes boring and it's just, it's just dead. But when I look for revelation, whew, it's unbelievable. And life becomes exciting. You're like a kid again. Because you're like, you never know what God's going to reveal to you. So take that path. Don't, don't go for just the other. Special knowledge, okay? Special knowledge refers to knowledge that is not usual, general knowledge. We need special knowledge. As you go through life, you're going to need special knowledge of things because here's the thing, when we get special knowledge and we give credit to God, it brings glory to God. But when we're just handing out the usual knowledge all the time, it just, life gets so boring. And then you have the prophecy where God just speaks through you and He speaks to other people. Now again, what do we do with that? Well, at the end of verse 14, it says that um, verse 29, let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if somebody is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after another, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember, the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God's not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Now, here's the beauty of this. Again, so much of the evangelical church, they read that whole chapter, and the only thing they get out of it is, Oh, God's a God of order and peace. Well, here's the beauty you can have the spiritual gifts and you can have God working and you can still have order and peace. It's it's amazing. But that only happens when we're being used of God and we're not trying to use things to look at us. So here's what I'm saying: what I'm saying, and, and what I'm wanting to encourage you with is to pursue. Okay? Just what it said at the very beginning: if you love, pursue God's gifts to be used. Okay? Pursue, then be open. Because you know what? I've spent a lar- large part of my life pursuing and asking, but I wasn't really open to God doing things. Because as I said before, God doesn't just come in and say, I'm going to take over. We have to say, God, I'm going I'm to open myself up, I'm going to allow you to, to, to work. Okay? We've got to do that. And it comes down to a matter of of trusting Him because God is powerful, and when He comes in, although we've talked about you know God being a gentleman, well, you know what? A gentleman isn't a passive, weak person. God is powerful. Um, you know, another thing that we've tried to do with the Holy Spirit wanting to control is we've taken a stallion and tried to make a gelding out of Him. And the reason we do that, same reason we do it with a horse, so that we can control. Problem with a gelding is he can't bring life. Holy Spirit is not a gelding. Okay? Holy Spirit is a stallion who comes in and he's got all kinds of power. You can't control him, but here's the beauty you can trust him. You can trust him. And so what I'm saying is trust him. Okay? Allow the Lord to work because we need it. And if you're a person that says you don't need it, God help you. You're going to get crushed by darkness. You are going to get eaten up. But if you are at a place where you are saying, you know what, I, I need more. Uh, I can't live out of my own life. God's wanting to speak through you. Okay. And, and we as a church, we just want to open ourselves up. We want to be used. And so open yourself up. Be used. You don't have to wait to a certain amount of time. If you've received Jesus... Holy Spirit, and you've asked for Holy Spirit to come in. He lives in you, and He's ready to move. So let Him move. If you would stand, please. Father, thank You for just uh, the exciting way that You have made life. Lord, I'm so grateful that it's not as boring as the enemy has tried to make it out to be. That, Lord, in following You, it's not a matter of me just keeping uh, my hands to myself and not causing a lot of ruckus and being a good little boy. Thank You, Lord, that following You means that Holy Spirit comes in. And although He is a gentleman and He doesn't just take me over, when I open up to Him, He does some powerful things that are way beyond my ability and it is awesome to see. Thank You, Lord, that You hear the quiet thoughts in our heart. And Lord, for those who are having some of those thoughts right now, I just pray that You would move through others to speak to them, Lord. Let them know uh, that You hear. Let them know Your direction. Let them feel, Lord, just the freedom of Your authority speaking into their life. Lord, we are open and we just invite You to speak. Have Your way, Lord, whatever that looks like.